Hi, I'm India. And I'm Gwen. And And this this is Another Girls Podcast. We were just talking about doing a whole episode of fun ASMR noises. I think the one that I like the most is the popping of the bubble gum. Can you do it? Yeah. Do it. Oh, I don't have the gum. Oh, I thought you meant you could do it with your mouth without the gum. Oh, no. I got to do it with the gum. I can do a lawnmower noise, but it's like it's not soothing. Mm. Do you want me to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not sure if I'm going to regret it. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Imagine a 45-minute episode, and it's just us doing that. I mean, I feel like it would get views. Oh, my God. We would get, like, the NPC audience over to our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Let us know if you liked that. You know, there's more where that came from. (laughs) (laughs) Housekeeping. Um... Oh, you know, I like to track how much we're doing, and I didn't hit our little thing. Okay. There we go. We started timing. Oh, my gosh. I just started a timer for the seconds. All right. It's over with for this episode. Yeah. We're just, just going to use our little Apple Watch. We're going to guess at the time. We okay. tried to – whatever. You, you don't need to know what happens behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So then, anyways, all right, housekeepings. You start, and then I'll end the housekeeping. I don't really have that much – that I haven't told you before. I guess I'll say the same thing. This is edited and produced by Anthony DeCoupri. Thank you so much to Anthony. And he is available for work. He is available for hire. So if you have any post-production, podcast, audio, editing, videos, video needs. Are you a SoundCloud rapper? If you're a SoundCloud he rapper, you. he's got you. Yes. So mm-hmm. hit our man up. Um, rate us. I appreciate the five star reviews that have come in. I will name my first 10 children after the 10 people who have rated us five stars so far. Thank you. That's really all I have. It's about to be Christmas and I have a lot to say about it. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about anything that's not Christmas. I got you a gift. Did you? Yes. I would like you to reach your arm. <laughs> There's a bag in the way, see? Am I on Ellen? You are on Ellen. I'm on India. Mm-hmm. Okay. But not in India. I'm not. I'm on India. <laughs> 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 One can only dream. <laughs> okay. I'm doing an unboxing on our YouTube. So if you're watching this. You're welcome. If you're listening, I hope it's a nice ASMR for you. Oh, that sounds so good. Congrats ah. <laughs> on being my bestie, you lucky bitch. Anthony, make it zoom in. <laughs> you know what is so fucking funny? I didn't order it, but I almost ordered a fucking ornament for the two of us that was us in the same style. She got me a mug. Okay, and I got myself a matching one. That's us in Barbie style. 
And it says, congrats on being my bestie, you lucky bitch. And I almost got her a fucking ornament in the same exact style that was like besties. Oh my God. This is so funny. We really are one of one of the same feather. One bird of the same feather. And I feel like now we should always have them. Oh my gosh. What a cozy little vibe. I love it. Isn't it so cute? Okay. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so today we're talking about how capitalism, corporate America, the elite r- ruined Christmas and bastardized this holiday into a consumer a consumer extravaganza and I don't know. I think I think that Christmas needs a reinvention. I think New Year, New Me, New Year. Y'all, I hope you think about Christmas different after this episode. But I want to ask you, India, what is the most memorable Christmas gift that you got growing up? Like, what was the one Christmas present that you're like, that was the one for me as a kid? It was definitely when I got my first laptop. It was lime green, one of those Dells that they came in all them little colors, and that was like the whole marketing scheme. It was a lime green Dell. That was, I felt like I would be on the phone talking to people like, oh, yeah, you know, I have a um a lime green laptop now. You tell them the color? Yeah. I like it. Because it was my favorite color at the time. That's cute. Yeah. Um... Mine was, I think I was in fourth grade, and I wanted the American Girl. It was my first American Girl. I had been wanting one, and specifically, I wanted the Girl of the Year. I think it was 2006, Jess. And I opened all of my Christmas presents, and I had only gotten the Jess book. Like, that was the only American Girl-related thing. I was such a good kid. Like, one thing about me, I was an angel child, but, like, a shithead demon of a teenager. Um, I was like, well, I didn't get the doll, but at least I got the book and I can learn about her or whatever. And then my family was like, oh, wait, it looks like there's something in this other room. And it was her and, like, all of her accessories. So today I want to kind of assess Christmas as a holiday. And I noticed from speaking with people that people this year, at least around me, are not feeling the Christmas spirit as much. Like right now we are probably less than 12 days out from Christmas and I have not got gifts for anybody a lot of people that I've talked to have not got gifts from everybody I feel just like a lot of stress and anxiety around the holidays and I wanted to sit with myself and figure out why that was and I think it's like there's so much expectation around this time do you feel that yeah I definitely think there's an expectation but for me I've started taking the mindset of I'm going to do what I want and what you get 
is what you get. What you get. It's what what I felt called to get for you. And if I feel called to get it for you and that's what I did, you can't really be mad about that. Yeah. And this episode, I'll specifically be talking about Christmas, not so much from, like, the family gathering perspective, but from, like, the gifts perspective. Um, So I'm going to get into a little bit of the history of Christmas. So Christmas started, well, it started as, like, all holidays do. I don't know. Some religious meaning, some pagan celebration. Don't, like, quote me and don't get upset if that part is not historically accurate. I didn't go that part. But, like, 1820s, early 19th century, like, industrial revolution times in the U.S. Christmas is what I'm talking to as, like, the beginning of Christmas being celebrated in the U.S. to how it's evolved to today. The working conditions of the lower middle class during the industrial revolution was not great, especially not in December. Some people had to work really hard and some people were enforced unemployment because if they worked in a water plant, uh, they couldn't work. The water was frozen or if they did like outside labor, they couldn't work. So there was like a lot of uncertainty around December and the way that people celebrated the holiday and like let out energy was by being in the streets. And they were not just in any streets. They were in the rich people's streets. They were, like, partying outside of the mayor's house. They were having their little rage in front of the mayor's house. There was, like, a reversal of societal roles for a week where the rich people had to just, like, be inside and be scared. And the rest of the world was, like, enjoying having some form of power and rich people obviously did not like that so Christmas got brought into the hands of people who wanted to I don't know bring people back inside so that they could feel safe on the streets um This is coming from Stephen Niesenbaum's book, The Battle for Christmas. That's my context. We get asked to state references. Here's my reference. Um, There's a man, I figured his name, but he was like, I hate having people on the streets and I hate poor people and I don't want to see them. So he like tried to pass laws that made it illegal to like be in the streets. It didn't work. So what he did was he got talented poets like Charles Dickens and other people to write these stories of Christmas, like the night before Christmas and like a Christmas carol and all of these stories that kind of center around having Christmas in a home, around a table, around a Christmas tree with your nuclear family. And he introduced the Americanized Western, well, version of Santa Claus to shift the focus from like revelry and being rambunctious to like a nice quiet time with your family. And it worked. Like it worked on the people. It did. It really worked on the people. 
Because you know what? I was always like a but why type of child. And, you know, I grew up being toward like, you know, the reason we celebrate Christmas is for Jesus. And um, Jesus Christ always gave to others and always put other people first. And this is the time for giving. And I was like, okay, so we're celebrating Jesus. It's like, yeah. And my mom would be like, yeah, it's a celebration for Jesus's birthday. And I'm like, okay, so Jesus was born on December 25th. <laughs> and she's like, no, he wasn't. We don't know when he was born. At least that was her knowledge at the time. Don't fact check me. I don't know if we actually do know the dates. I don't but know um, so I was very confused. How did we pick December 25th? As all of a sudden, Jesus' birthday that we celebrate in and we're supposed to give gifts and Santa come. Like, how did we just hop and happen upon this date? And this is how. Yeah. And my research didn't go too deep into, like, the Christian aspect of celebrating Christmas. But if I am guessing, I would say, like the morality aspect of it is how Christianity got brought into Mm -hmm. it as a way to keep people indoors and have them abide by, like, a certain moral code. Um, So it worked. And the people were like, yeah, this does make sense. And, like, it is disgraceful to be in the streets, and we should not do that because we are a civilized people. So... That's kind of how we got to this idea of Christmas, of being around a fireplace and a tree. Um, Santa Claus, as we know him today, really started to shape up around the 1930s. Uh, He's always been a dude who brought gifts to kids, but like the image of him with the white beard and the red suit, that original image was commissioned by Coca-Cola. So right off the bat, like Santa Claus is the perfect symbol for holiday consumerism. Like he was created by a major corporation to get you to buy more gifts. And then he kind of became a thing of his own and his image was used in like, I don't know, store advertisements, all sorts of things. He became like this globally recognized figure of the holidays. And so I don't know why people buy because of Santa Claus, but people buy because of Santa Claus. And I think the more we... I don't know if evolve is the right word, but the more we evolve as a society, the more the focus of Christmas originally was to fight the power. (laughs) And then it turned into being inside your home and spending time with people you love, which, okay, is admirable. But that has totally turned into this, like, time of consumerism of, like, I'm buying this and this and this, and I need this from you. And if I get this gift for this person, I hope that it symbolizes how much I care about them and love them and I need to get them. So it's like turned into this thing that doesn't really benefit anybody besides 
the billionaires of America, in my opinion. Would you agree with... Well, I don't know. Would you agree with that? I don't know that I want your opinion, but you can tell it to me. Um, I do think it benefits the billionaires of society the most. Um, but I think that it would be taking it too far to say that there are not residual positive effects of it on other people. I think the time that some folks get to spend with their family that they normally wouldn't get to spend the time that a lot of companies either pay time and a half or let employees, more employees take off of work to rest and reset. Uh, the time that some people may spend in church, which is a community, whether you would like to be a part of that community or not, is a community for some. I think it is, it does have positive residual effects. Does that mean that those positive effects outweigh the impacts that it has on people of lower class economically? Does it outweigh the impacts? And I think you're going to talk about this that happened to the environment, the mental impacts that it may have on people who don't have anyone to spend the holiday with or don't have the money to spend as they want. No, I don't think it outweighs, but it would just be unfair to say that nothing good came out of it. No, I don't think nothing good comes out of it. I just want like a shift in perspective back to like the OG Christmas in America where we're like, wait, let's take a step back here. Like we're all in this together and this is who we're against like right now we're supporting who we're against and I know that that's not going to happen from this podcast episode dropping but like I think it'd be sick if people were like okay here's this downtime like how can we use this downtime to kind of say fuck you to all of the structures and systems that have been keeping us down for the rest of the year type b you know um, but I think like the being together and being in community aspect is nice. I think it's nice that some people get to rest during this time. Um, I think that holidays are tough because I think the hardest thing for me during the holidays is like the feeling time constraints because for me personally work does not slow down during the holidays I'm still going 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 at my nine to five and I get so caught up in the hustle bustle that it gets to be 12 days before Christmas and I realize that I haven't got anybody anything and then I'm like oh my god what do I get people how do I make sure that they know that I love them by the things that I'm getting for them and so then it just becomes like this tailspin of what do I have to do to like uphold these days that were arbitrarily put in place for me to like and I, I think it's nice to have days of recognition of something but the pressure to perform in a certain way, 
I think is what I don't like about it. I agree. I don't like those aspects. And I think this year I have been reflecting on my approach to Christmas specifically and how do I want to spend that time intentionally and what role do I want it to serve in my life every year? Like, what do I want to get out of it? I considered, do I want to just spend it doing things that I like doing? Do I want to spend it cooking? Do, what do I want to spend Christmas doing and who do I want to spend it with? And your point on it originating as kind of like a fuck you holiday, like fuck all you pieces of shit. I like that. And that kind of gave me a, a thought of it's a time to release and to in a time where you're fighting against the man. I put that in air quotes for our audio folks. But in a time where you're fighting against the man you are forming community because you're binding together to stand for what you believe in. So I like that. If I hadn't done this research like last night or so close to the holiday, well, I guess it's not too late. I want to find a way to like honor that aspect of Christmas, whether it's like volunteering in some way. Or making calls to government positions. Um, I, I want to find a way to honor that this holiday season. What I would spend on like a family member is obviously different than what I would spend on a significant other. Where like I would spend probably four times the amount on a significant other than I would on a family member. And that's because I know that my family members would rather buy me stuff because I'm like the baby in their eyes and I'm their child and they don't want me to spend my money on them. They like when I write them a nice card. So I know that that's valuable to them. But like, I feel like there's an expectation when you're in a relationship with somebody that you're kind of going to cash out on them. Yeah, I think there is that expectation depending I've never really felt that big pool because I've always been more of a sentimental experience type of gift giver so regardless of the monetary value I think I like to give an experience and to me, it just takes that monetary value out of it. I know you are spending money, but if, for example, I buy us flights to go to Florida, I spent money on that flight, but you're not going to be like, how much does India care? And it's not like, I think that's a better gift because it's not like, oh, it's just going to sit on their shelf and like mm -hmm. collect dust. Like it's something that you go and do. 
But something that I want to just discuss in this episode is like the influence of social media and reality TV on like our expectations of gifts from other people. Like I was watching this video of all of the gifts that the Kardashians have bought for each other, like the really outlandish gifts. And like, I'm not going to name all of them, but there was one where Travis Scott bought Stormy a school bus for her birthday, (laughs) like a whole school bus. So she can feel like a normal kid, but just like ridiculous stuff. People on TikTok are like, oh, my person got me this and this. And, you know, the videos where women are like, I'm a high value female. So like, this is what I expect of a man. (laughs) And they have like the stupid fucking purse, like full of $100 bills. And it's just like unrealistic. But then I think people who are impressionable see this kind of stuff and they're like, Well, if my man isn't doing all of this for me, like, it means he doesn't care about me. But even underneath that, it's the, if somebody isn't doing this for me, it means that I'm not valuable. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, like, the exposure we have to these realities or disrealities that are not our own have really exacerbated people's expectation of gift giving and the pressure that they feel giving gifts during the holidays. I think your point on the high value and this is what I expect and the girlies watching these videos and not really understanding the full context is has such severe consequences because I have a really close friend who is very intentional about finding and only dating high value men. And she's serious about it. It's not because of TikTok or Instagram. This is just who she is. And she would think it's tacky to go on TikTok and show your bag of money. And I just think that I'm happy for the people who are living their best lives and enjoying nice luxuries at a man's expense. But At the same time, how is that adding value and filling your soul, your spiritual cup? How is that doing it? And I'm not saying that an item, like a material item, does not bring happiness because it does. I'm for me, for me. Let me not (laughs) say for everyone. Because some people really aren't materialistic. But for me, yes, it would bring me happiness, but not just anything. You can't just get me any Chanel bag and be like, hey, look, Chanel bag, you're going to be so happy. I don't like all Chanel bags. There's a specific one that I would like. And now It just shows that you don't know me enough to have asked what bags I have on my wish list. Yeah. And 
to purchase something that would be meaningful to me. Yeah. When I was doing my research on like the, oh, well, how should we approach gift giving with all of this in mind of like being intentional with the gifts we do buy? One of the tips that I read was like people appreciate gifts when it's something that they specifically asked for. Like I think people think, oh, I can like get this person something and they're going to like it. But usually they don't like what you just guessed for them. Like they like something that they offhandedly mentioned to you. Like if somebody if you're like at somebody's house and they're like, uh, my pots and pans, I don't, I've been, I've had these ones for so long. And you remember that and you get them pots and pans. They're going to be like, oh my God, that is so nice. Like paying attention to what people say and like making a note of, oh, this is something that I can get them. And like actually writing it down in your phone, because I know so many times where somebody has mentioned something and I'm like, that's a great gift. And come the time where I need to buy a gift from them. I'm like, I have no idea what to get this person. That was one of the tips. Another one was like, if you are the person who is being shopped for, only ask for one thing because if somebody sees like a list of a few things, they're gonna be like, oh, they don't care what it is to the point where like, they'll just get you anything on the list or maybe even to the point where they're just like, oh, they'll like anything. So then they get you something that's not even on your list. So they were like, be specific in your asks and only ask for one thing. Make sure it's something that you actually want. And then, um, like, giver-focused gifts are really good, too. Like, if I got you a gift, say I'm really into um, collecting Adidas shoes, and I get you a pair of shoes, and I'm like, India, I got you these shoes. I think they're really cool. They're a part of this, like limited edition release and like I really wanted these shoes for myself I saw them and I think they'd look so cute on you like that would mean a lot more to you than if I was just like oh yeah I saw these shoes and like I thought you might like them you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. a gift that shows something of you to the other person and like in that same vein is also a gift where you can give another person kind of a piece of yourself I think is a great way to approach gift giving. That's what I do. That's why I feel like I normally don't have so much anxiety around gift giving because I somehow (laughs) knew to, I don't know, just my, I do what calls to me and I do what I feel the person either said they needed or something that's going to represent the relationship that we have or something that'll make you laugh, something that'll make you smile. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to something you said earlier of like the gifts in a relationship and like, oh, you could give me any old bag, but like it could be a really nice bag, but it wouldn't really mean anything because it wasn't. In a relationship before, I was in a relationship where, like, I thought that my love language was gifts. Like, I thought that how I would feel loved in my relationship was, like, by getting really nice gifts from my partner and 
from them kind of splashing out on me. And I lived that and it never filled like what you said. It never filled my cup how I expected it would. Like I got all of the things that I asked for. I got really nice gifts. I got trips. I lived a great life with this person but it didn't fill my cup because I wasn't getting what I needed out of the relationship. The person was gone a lot. And I thought that they could make up for being absent in my life with gifts. And now being out of it, I'm like, no, that is not it at all. Like, I do appreciate gifts, but when they come from the heart and they're like, I like nice things. Like, do not get it twisted. I like nice things. And if any of you want to send me nice things, I'll wear them and I'll thank you for them. But, like, I think the pressure that people put on gifts to kind of fix a relationship or make them feel loved is easily misconstrued in this digital age. Mm-hmm. Like, the hashtag TikTok made me buy it trend and how people are like so happy to be influenced to buy things that they didn't need off of social media um and what I learned when I was doing my research for that was soap operas how they originally came to be was Procter and Gamble the soap company created them so that they could showcase like their products and these TV shows that were airing, like they were advertisements basically. And that's, they said that that's kind of what TikTok has become is like people don't mind being sold something when it's like packaged in an entertaining way. And soap operas were like cheap to produce and do. And they were basically just like a half hour long commercial with a plot line. And so people were into it, but now People have a worse attention span. So TikTok in a way has become like the soap opera of our era. Isn't that interesting? It is. So me and my mom used to watch The Young and the Restless every day. If we didn't watch it, it was on DVR recorded for us to go watch. I'm not sure... As of last year, it was still running. I don't know if it's still on, but The Young and the Restless, great soap opera. I'm very sad to hear that TikTok is the new soap opera or telenovela, as we would say in Spanish. Not necessarily, like, I mean, it's not replacing that. It's just the aspect of, like, you're being entertained and advertised to at the same time. I'm entertained on the soap opera. And you're entertained on TikTok. I don't be on TikTok like that, actually, but... I don't either, but people do. Okay. Yeah. But Mr. Proctor and Mr. Gamble are the ones who got that soap opera to you. And it it wasn't because they just wanted to... Entertain me. Yeah, it was because I'm like Santa Claus ruined soap operas ruined what else can we ruin in this episode uh we could talk about the environment real quick real quick could (laughs) just we're we're like two minutes okay go well i mean obviously the impacts that 
the holidays have on the environment is massive. I don't know the numbers. She might know that. But just think about it. I don't have numbers, but literally just think about it. Just think about it. Your trees. You have to wrap. Your wrapping paper. The gift. How many miles of wrapping paper do you think we consume in one Christmas season? I don't have the number. It's like the. We're guessing. It's like the guess the jelly beans in a jar. (laughs) Just the U.S. or? Yeah, just the U.S. Miles. Miles. I want to say 100 million. I was going to say a million. I don't know. We'll put the number somewhere. It's probably going to be on the YouTube version of this. We'll have Anthony edit it in. And then we'll put it on our story also. Okay. But, yeah, think about it. You have to wrap the gift and then different types of gift wrap. Some come in the boxes. Some come and you put in the bag and then you got to add the tissue paper. And then you have the bows. And then you have the little um things that you make the little swirly things Even with. Even with the thing that you – with the mug that you got me, it came in that styrofoam. Yeah. Now we live in the Amazon age. All the cardboard boxes, all of the <laughs> air wraps – and the box to protect glass, like all of the plastic. There's so much waste. Yeah. So much waste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think by having a one, to your point with like the way to give gifts is having like one meaningful gift, you are minimizing that waste. As humans, we are going to consume things and we are going to waste things. It's an inevitable part of our existence however you can minimize it by having one really nicely wrapped meaningful special gift but the way that we've been presented stuff on tv with the tree with all the big gifts under it oh my god and the matching wrapping paper taking up the whole Living room, like, that's what we've been said, like, makes Christmas look good. And in reality, I would rather have one Dior saddlebag under the tree and nothing else. Yeah, I think we've all been sold, like, an image of Christmas that is exactly what people who make money off of us want. I heard the statistic that on average, the normal person spent like, and I'm shocked that it was this low, but $1,500 on Christmas last year. That's some people's rent. You don't need to, just a normal person. I don't think you need to do all of that. If you have a family and you've got like multiple children or like, if I had a sig, if you have a significant other, I see it more so. But I'm like, that's kind of a staggering number, in my opinion. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I guess the point is, Christmas doesn't need to be all that. Christmas does not need to be a huge pile of gifts under the tree it doesn't need to be a fully decorated house with decorations that you're gonna want to throw away next year it doesn't need to be super ornately wrapped gifts i think like take a step back remember what the origins of the holiday are 
And then find a way to take the focus away from gifts and put it back on being around people that you love and having a chance to rest and recover. Like what we've been sold is that the most important aspect of this holiday is the consumption aspect. You don't need a new outfit to open your gifts. You don't need to get new pajamas and not everybody in your family needs to have matching pajamas for Christmas. Like, I get it if that's what you do and that's cool. But I'm just telling you, you don't need to feel the pressure to do that. Think about, consider if that's what you actually want. What is actually feeding your soul? Because it may feed some people's soul. 100%. And if, if you do that reassessment and you're like, it just makes me so happy to have my family in these yes. pajamas and... There's no feeling like it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. But 100%. maybe y'all wear the same ones every year. But if it's stressing you out, if any aspect of Christmas is stressing you out, take a step back and think why. I, it can be a hard time of the year for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Financial stress, celebrating without a loved one, uh, a change in circumstances from the year before. So I guess just be gentle with yourself this year and know that what this holiday has been blown up into is done intentionally by corporate America and your family doesn't care how much you spend on them. All right. I think that's a nice way to close it out. That was... A little mic drop thing. Don't do it. I'm not. I call our, myself the tech person of our arm, even she though I'm not even techie. me a production nightmare. I said a producer's worst nightmare. The worst. To, to, um, worst yeah, nightmare. Yeah, that's what I said. Um. <laughs> Any producers who have worked with me in the past, I don't think that's true. No, Can you she, please tell my Gwen. business partner? They love Gwen. They love Gwen. I love Gwen, too, but... She kicked my mic today. I did. Um, okay, but yeah, closing, closing out. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas. If happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa <laughs> which is a real holiday. I looked into it. Like for real? Well, you're kind of right in the way that it is a holiday for black people to be black with no real origins of i mean there are like cultural reference points but yeah i mean you basically they just gave a holiday to black people mm, okay all right well that being said enjoy your holidays take time to rest reflect and rebel yeah period you can follow us on the little social medias, Instagram and TikTok at Another Girls Podcast. Our personal ads, are we just going to have them well, here? Well, they're in the bio on the Instagram. They're literally our names. You can find them pretty easily. We are on Apple Podcasts now. We're on Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, Spotify. That drops Tuesdays. Audio, that's Tuesday. Video comes out thursdays on youtube so catch us on apple podcast spotify youtube leave comments leave reviews as long as they're good (laughs) 
And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.